Hello and welcome to the first fall 2020 edition of Talking Troy. We are recording this segment, not the only segment, I'll get into that later, on Tuesday, August 11th. I'm Nathan Ackerman, an associate managing editor with an emphasis on sports here at the Daily Trojan, and I'm joined today by my co-host, David Ramirez, sports editor here at the DT. David, how are you? Um, I'm not doing too hot, Nathan. Um, it's, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for all of us. Um, yeah, not, not, not a good day. No, not, not a good day. It's definitely a sad day. Um, about six, six days ago, we recorded an interview for the podcast with USC Athletic Director Mike Bone. Um, we will still play that conversation for you later on in just a couple minutes. But of course, with today's decision to cancel fall sports through the end of 2020, including football, we just wanted to, of course, talk about that as it is very big, very relevant, very pressing news. David, what are your what are your thoughts, takeaways about the Pac-12's decision today? Um, like ultimately, like stripping like away my re- reporter perspective, I guess. Um, at the end of the day, I am a fan, so like. Yeah, it is really disappointing, but I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it was inevitable. Um, I, f- I feel like, you know, we point to like the NBA or like MLS and such figuring things out. I think the vast difference there is that they pay their players and um, yeah. that's a, a whole a whole discussion and a whole plan that I think um, would take more than three weeks to figure out. So I just don't think it was ever going to happen. I, I, and it, it sucks to say, but um, it seemed like the writing was on the wall for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a void missing out on college sports for the fall. Um, you know, not just football. I was looking forward to all the many things that USC sports had to offer that college sports have to offer. They they say that supposedly they're going to try to play these sports in the spring. I'm pessimistic that that will 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 happen. I mean, even if the coronavirus situation clears up by then, which you know, fingers crossed, we have no idea that that's going to happen, but. I just think that the logistics of pulling that all off are tricky. And I think I, I'm, I can't say I'm too optimistic that that'll happen. What do you think? Um, yeah, I just, it doesn't seem like whether we do, we do, we do this in the fall or we do this in the spring. Um, it doesn't seem like realistically we can, we can move forward with a safe solution for everyone um, anytime soon. Um, yeah. So the whole, the whole decision to postpone until the spring is interesting to me. Um, I was expecting outright cancellation. Um, I'm not sure what changes in the next few months. Um, I mean, I guess we can think optimistically, but yeah, I mean, I can't really see. And then you're asking students or uh, the student athletes to play two seasons in like the span of like what, six, eight months. It just doesn't yeah. seem, doesn't seem like it's going to work. Um, I'm expecting an outright cancellation at some point, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I did want to touch up and kind of ask you, um, we, so we did talk to Mike last week and maybe he was just, putting on a, a front but it didn't really seem like he was like super pessimistic and like like he seemed like he was kind of planning to move forward with the season so like when do you think this all kind of happened when do you think this all kind of unraveled how long do you think this has been in the works yeah I think it's been in the works for a while now actually I think everybody's been operating you know like you said sort of I mean not lying or not faking it but sort of creating the image that there's a chance that college sports will happen this fall. And, you know, Mike Bone is obviously a, he's naturally, he's a energetic, outgoing, positive guy. I mean, we've, he's been here for not even a year and we've seen that time and time again. So I think, you know, everybody was operating because if, if they didn't plan for a season to happen, if they sort of approached this with, you know, one foot in one foot out there, it wouldn't have been possible to 
pull off a season if they had the clearance to do that in the first place. I mean, you had to be fully committed in order to make this happen. And then when you're not, you're not. So I think that was sort of, at least in my, in my opinion, I'm obviously not, you know, in the PAC 12 CEO group, I'm not an athletic director. I'm not in these daily meetings that they always have, but it, it, at least the way it seems to me is that they, they had to, you know, create the conference only schedule. They had to come out with all the specific plans for that. They had to, um, you know, schools had to have their own health and safety protocols in place, whatever those might be. Um, and then, you know, you can always, you can always pull the plug and that's what they did today. So I think, I don't, I don't know if anybody was ever truly optimistic that it would happen this fall, except for, you know, several months ago when there was still time and it was still looking like we might be able to get a better handle on this whole pandemic. But I think the last couple of weeks and the last you know, month or so, the walls have been really closing in. And I think, um, yeah, this, this just started to feel in, inevitable. I was, I was, like I said, I was holding out hope, trying to fool myself into thinking that there will be a college sports season this fall, but it just never felt like it was something that seemed really in the cards. One thing I will say is you can't blame them or you can't say there was a lack of effort um, on, on the, the students and the staff's part. It seems like everyone involved with USD football from the get-go since students got, or athletes got back to campus, um, they, they've been trying really hard. The, the, the athletes seem like they've been trying really hard to really commit to the safety protocols that were in place. Um, it seemed like they had a, a, a real control on things and things were headed in the right direction, but it just, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really ever seem like it was going to work, but it is a shame because it does seem like a lot of work went into to what the, the hopes of the season. Yeah, it did. It did seem like with USC specifically, people were more um, optimistic and confident with the whole health and safety aspect of things. I mean, in our orientation issue, I wrote, I wrote a story about the return to campus that might be, you know, slightly outda outdated now because, you know, there's, there will be no season, but um, throughout that, you know, re reporting process, most of what I heard is that um, student athletes here or the, the football players here specifically felt like, you know, the department was doing a good job with the health and safety aspect of things. The problem is, you know, it's, it's the PAC 12, not the PAC one, and you need 12 schools all to be, you know, fully, fully functional on the same levels. And even here in Los Angeles, you know, there's LA County still doesn't have the public health clearances to be able to, you know, sort of ramp up the off season activities like they would the UCLA USC game slated for September 26th to open the season was still in doubt. So, I mean, it's, it's not just, I think what, what ultimately brought this thing down was obviously that it's not just USC and it's not just the schools, but it's about the, uh, you know, surrounding communities as well. And I think the fact that the pandemic is still very prevalent and still a thing in all these, you know, communities, I think it was just, it was just a, a matter of time before the conference said this, this, this can't happen. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to justify um, going to every extent possible to kind of ensure that these athletes are safe when like a lot of the people, a lot of people in the local community don't really have the basic care, like the basic utilities and such they need to like combat this virus. So it would be, it would be a bad look to try to justify that. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely on a lot of different fronts, um, a disappointing day in college sports to say the least. Um, we will see what happens in the spring. Of course, that's still months away. Uh, we can only hope for the best, of course. 
last week we recorded a conversation with Mike Bone for this podcast. We are still very excited to play that for you. You're going to hear me intro this podcast again just because I think it's kind of amusing and everybody could use a little amusement these days, I guess. So you're going to hear that right now. Hello and welcome to the first fall 2020 edition of Talk in Troy. We're recording on Wednesday, August 5th. I'm Nathan Ackerman, an associate managing editor with an emphasis on sports here at the Daily Trojan. I'm a co-host of Talk in Troy, so naturally I'm joined by another co-host, sports editor David Ramirez. David, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Nathan. Um, making my podcast debut today. So there's a little nerves, but um, I think uh, I can't think of a better guest, uh, someone with more energy to bring to the podcast. I'm excited. Yes, definitely. Congratulations on, on your podcast debut. David and I are both very excited to be here, especially because we are joined today by a very special guest. It is our honor to have USC Athletic Director Mike Bone on the podcast. Mike, we know you're a very busy guy. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We are ecstatic to have you on today. How are you? I tell you what, it's the famous line of Zoom. You're on mute. But uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you both. I appreciate your energy, your enthusiasm, and uh, for what you do to help spread the, the great uh, uh, story of USC athletics that obviously is so important to so many people. And uh, I'm proud to see you uh, all uh, taking on this initiative. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. We're going to cover a range of topics. Uh, we'll talk briefly about the new Pac-12 football schedule later on before asking Mike some fun, lighthearted questions. But we want to start off with some current events first. Uh, Mike, yesterday you named that Dr. Julie Rousseau will chair the USC Athletics Black Lives Matter action team. Can you tell us what stood out to you about her throughout the hiring process? Well, thank you very much. What a wonderful uh, topic to start our, our visit with today. And uh, we're just so thrilled with, with not only Julie, but uh, so many others that have really embraced the Black Lives Matter initiative. And uh, having that energy and passion and commitment to ensuring that we can in, uh, put together sustainable initiatives to really make a, a difference is, is uh, something that, frankly, I'm very, very excited about. And the momentum on our calls and and the work behind Julie is, is real, and we're very, very excited about that. But first of all, Julie just, she's a, a, a professor on campus, and so that immediate connection adds great equity. And as a former Division I head coach, a head coach of a, a WNBA team, uh, uh, she just brings an incredible passion, a connection to young people. Uh, she also has a great background into uh, social justice issues and uh, we could not be more blessed to have a better fit for us than Julie Russo and, and uh, I'm really just enjoying working with her and I'm excited to be able to reveal a lot of the uh, progress that we have out of that uh, group uh, as the months and years progress. Yeah and, and Mike you really made it a point uh, since you've been, been named AD here that um, students are your priority and the student athletes really are important to you. So I was wondering if you could talk about a little bit about um, why it was important to you to include student athletes on the Action Team Advisory Committee and how exactly you guys came about deciding on those specific seven athletes. Well, I think if you, you see, uh, David, I think that's a great question. I think if you see the emergence of the student athlete voice coming out more and more 
uh, on a daily basis, it's just imperative to have them at the table. They're bright, they're passionate. Uh, they're really the, the face of our, of our athletic program along with our coaches. And uh, having student athletes uh, as a part of that, allowing them to know that this is a effort to uh, uh, implement change and, and new ideas and elements that ultimately support them and future Trojans, down the road, I think it is imperative. And uh, without their active participation and their voice to help guide us, I think it would pro uh, be a big mistake not to have them at the table and helping us lead, uh, lead this charge. And uh, I believe it'll be a incredible um, addition to have their insights, their uh, uh, genuine concerns, but also uh, what they're able to take away from it. So they can take that experience, that alignment, that teamwork, those uh, uh, storylines and, and uh, actual developments into their locker rooms and into their circles of influence. And uh, there's just incredible value in having them be able to do that. Mike, one of the things that I noticed in the uh, press release announcing the decision was, um, you know, sort of, um, the emphasis on the USC Athletics Black Lives Matter action team sort of playing a role not just within USC athletics, but also in the surrounding uh, community as well. Can you can you talk a, a, a little bit about how you sort of envision this being something that that extends just beyond USC um, athletics and sort of makes an impact beyond? Well, I think that I think your your question's a good one. And you start thinking about what USC does with our neighborhood activities currently as an institution. I believe last month, or uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have the specific time zone down, but the university helped distribute 16,000 pounds of food in the neighborhood. And uh, our engagement with uh, neighborhood communities over safety and uh, neighboring partners uh, to help us understand ways to make uh, the USC uh, footprint more uh, prevalent in uh, community initiatives that help just make us better it is something that USC stands for. So, so why would we not uh, extend ourselves into that realm similar to the institution does it? And uh, I think that if you notice, we, we take a lot of guidance from the institution associated with their priorities and what's important to them and how we can add fuel to that and use uh, uh, intercollegiate athletics as a launch pad to ensure that we're matching that same model that's important to the institution uh, by what we're doing rather than some type of siloed effort or an initiative that isn't consistent with that. So I think that represents our alignment associated with, uh, with campus. And I think that's really important for people to see. And I'm, I'm thrilled you picked that up because uh, obviously that's the type of influence we want to have. That's the kind of influence we want to have in our, in our, uh, uh, conference and obviously nationally and I think that's why our vision to be the uh, top user uh, let me get this right I think it's important for people to understand that that we we want to be the most successful student athlete centric athletic program in the country period that's our vision so if we're doing this element correctly as well that's a further demonstration of that and we want people to understand that's where our commitment is and uh, that's on the national scene as well as in the Pac-12, clearly in Los Angeles, which is, the longer I'm here, the more I understand and appreciate it being uh, 
America's number one uh, sports city, maybe in the world. And uh, I think that's the type of leadership we need to demonstrate. And uh, last couple questions here before we kind of get into the uh, more lighthearted ones. So just to kind of wrap things up, um, I'm just kind of interested in knowing how do you deal with the pressures that come with the, the, the title of the USC athletic director? I'm sure I don't have to remind you, USC fans have some high expectations and they're sure they probably let you know it. So what is your way to release? You know, you, do you embrace the LA lifestyle, hot yoga? Like how do you, how do you kind of get your mind out of everything? <laughs> well, David, I wish I could say I'm a hot yoga guy, but I'm not. But uh, I, I think that's a, a fair question. When, when I think of the pressures, uh, you also have to think of the uh, partners that you have that help you. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed to have an incredible president that has great knowledge, insight, and passion for intercollegiate athletics. Uh, her team uh, of, uh, on the senior leadership team, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of that and have been since uh, day one of arriving at USA. They are amazing. So you may say, well, wait a minute, why are they so important? I mean, you've got the head of the hospital involved. You've got the, obviously our communications team. You've got the provost. You've got, uh, uh, you know, the administrative lead on campus. You've got the uh, student affairs. You've got the legal team. Uh, you know, I mean, you just, you've got everybody that you need. There is a partner. And that group is inspiring to be around. They're bright. They don't have a, an agenda except let's make USC great. And that includes athletics, the hospital, the, every single uh, dean. Uh, they're not a part of that, but it, that reports obviously to, to uh, Chip, our, our, our provost. And uh, seeing that group work so well together gives you confidence. It gives you courage. It gives you uh, a great sense of uh, encouragement. And uh, so as you feel the pressures of trying to figure out, all right, how are we going to play? Can we meet the expectations of our fans? Can we even have a fan in the stands? All those different things that you worry about. Can we keep our student athletes safe? You really lean on your partners. And to be a part of a team that understands that is the most uh, uh, productive and candid and transparent team I've ever been a part of in 36 years uh, of being in this business. And I started my career at the Air Force Academy where I believe they, they are masters at alignment. But uh, Carol and, and that team, uh, I mean, you wanna talk about somebody you can call a teammate, that's that group. And so that's where I get, as I said, my confidence, my uh, uh, really uh, a sense of peace, of the pressure, knowing that uh, it, it, it's not just myself out uh, trying to take on all these issues. And then you start adding in people like your head coaches and to have head coaches of 21 sports who are dedicated. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our student athletes. Our student athletes have been phenomenal. They are coming to work every day. They're, ask, they're, they're not uh, asking questions about why it's so important to wear a mask and all the protocols that we have in place and the, the staff that helps welcome them and check them in. And, you know, I was on campus yesterday and watching the construction on the new track facility and watching them redo the lining on the swimming pool. I mean, there's activities going on all within this social distancing expectations and it inspires me. And, and I get excited about seeing the food service people in Little Galen 
who are knowing they're doing their part to help make USC great. And that sense of teamwork, David, is just real. And so you can tell how I get excited just talking about it, but it's about that teamwork. And so on my end, the pressure that I feel is, is immense to not let anybody on that team down. So that's coaches, student athletes, president, staff, and, and clearly the president, our board of trustees who have been amazing, uh, and obviously our donors and our, and our season ticket holders and all the people that care about our program and our students. And so you start thinking of, and alumni, you start thinking of all that, that is immense pressure. But again, when you've got a incredible team to lean on, to work with, to be able to uh, uh, come up with solutions that make it all work, then it all comes together. Mike, I wanna, I wanna ask you sort of a, a two-part question. Um, what is a typical work day like during the pandemic and during the lockdown? And what do you miss most about campus being open and full like it usually is? Oh, wow, I, I, I've shared earlier about, uh, you know, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we start with an 8.30 call with the Pac-12. So I get up, I read the documents beforehand, try and be prepared for those calls. And then we have a series of, of Zoom calls after that. So looking into these little electronic screens is pretty much my life throughout the day. And the other one is, is obviously my telephone and spending time talking with uh, people across the country, uh, contacts that I've been blessed to be uh, uh, have a relationship with that can help me and help USC and help our league through all these challenges. So it's uh, generally by the end of the day, you're thinking, boy, your posture hasn't been very good. You, you, you got to get up and get moving. And, uh, and then at the end of the day, we, we end with uh, uh, a meeting with the president's senior leadership team that starts at uh, 5.30. And uh, sometimes we go up until 7. Sometimes we don't. But uh, that's the most productive part of the day because we're able to synergize and plan and then get our marching orders as we move forward for the next day and uh, whatever those issues have been. So uh, obviously that's done at home. Uh, I mentioned I was on campus yesterday for the first time in some time and that energized me. I was excited to see that. But uh, again, it's, it's uh, telephone calls and uh, the little screen in front of me, that, that's it. And I wish it was more. I miss so much the uh, engagement with students, student athletes, coaches, donors, uh, the media even uh, uh, to get together and build those relationships. But we're doing the best we can. I mean, we've, we've hired a swim coach through Zoom. We're in the process of trying to hire a golf coach through Zoom. And uh, that is, that is a, a new experience for me because generally, just like you guys do, you want to be around people so you can get a sense of exactly what really what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been having the same uh, posture concerns that you just mentioned, if that makes you feel any better. You're not alone in that. I want to wrap this up with a little bit of rapid fire. Um, Mike, I, I hate to do this. You might have to put somebody on the, on the spot right now. But our first rapid fire question, who is the funniest USC coach? Funniest USC coach? Boy, I'm not sure I've been able to see them uh, be real funny because of the issues that we've dealt with. The funniest USC coach, funniest. Boy, they all have great personalities, but funniest. Boy, I'm not sure I... Assistant coach, head funniest. coach. Funniest, so if I had to pick a comedian, somebody that could stand up there, 
Or maybe I'd have to go with Jeremy Kipp, our new swim coach, because uh, obviously he, he's, he's uh, uh, engaged with uh, a lot of student athletes and new pool and so forth. And he has a good, just, I think Jeremy could probably carry a party pretty good. Um, all right, we'll try to make this quick. Let's go up. Favorite professional sports team? Any sport, doesn't matter. Las Vegas Raiders. I love John Madden, and I like the Raiders. I, I'm old, and uh, I'm just loyalist to them. I love the Raiders. Mike, who is the first student athlete you met when you took the job here at USC, and what were your first impressions? Solo from football. I mean, uh, walking up, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I know we're running out of time, but my wife and I were walking up to the Heritage Hall for the very first time, and Solo was opening the door for us. Just he happened to be coming out, and boy, was he impressive. And he said, well, who are you two, and why are you here, and what's going on? And we had an incredible conversation. So Solo is, is my guy, and he represents uh, really Trojan athletes to a T, articulate, friendly, uh, just just a great young man. I'll never forget that experience. He was great. All righty. Um, what is your favorite thing about the Southern California lifestyle, Los Angeles life? Energy. Starting with the weather, with the, uh, the ocean always moving, people always moving. I just love the energy here. I'm an energetic guy, and uh, just being a part of the high energy uh, associated with this incredible city and this great university is fun. It inspires me. Mike, last last question, and we're going to try to wrap this up really quick. What is what was your what has been your strangest interaction with a Trojan fan outside of a game or work environment? Strangest interaction. Wow, it's probably got to be out in the community when uh, they uh, they want to say hi and they want to talk about uh, USC, and obviously they want to know something. And what I love to do is is, is obviously start with fight on and then that kind of lights lights up their smile just like you just smiled and then it's just a matter of like how are you tell me what's going on what what are you doing during this time what recommendations do you have for me and uh i just love engaging with them all so anybody that has a desire to talk about usc or usc athletics i love listening and i talked about it from day one of arriving here i want to listen and learn before leading and uh that served me well, and I'm continuing with that uh, activity on a daily basis. When I see somebody with their SC gear on or, or they recognize and want to talk with me, it's all about trying to listen and learn. And uh, I love that about it, and I learn something every, thing, every time. Uh, in the previous background of my, of my uh, uh, Zoom calls, I, I have a picture of the 1984 Olympics, and I like that shot because I think that our goal is to reclaim the torch. We were that that cauldrons lit at the Coliseum. We want to reclaim the torch, the torch that that is the leading institution for intercollegiate athletics in America. So you know what? I look at that and I learned today that uh, uh, Rafer Johnson was the uh, gentleman that lit the cauldron in 1984. Now I know he went to our rival at UCLA, but uh, John Neighbor, one of our former great Olympian swimmers here at SC, was a part of the group that carried the Olympic flag over there that was flown in the stadium. So I just learned that today and I love learning things like that. And I think that represents what makes USC awesome and our alumni awesome and uh, why I'm so honored and proud to be the athletic director for USC.
Well, Mike, thank you so much again for joining the show. It's been great to have you on. Um, this is a treat for all of us and a treat for our, our uh, listeners as well. So again, thank you so much. And it was, it was great to have you on. No, thank you. I look forward to doing it again. And hopefully I won't let David now down with uh, the selection of my favorite team again. But uh, uh, anyway, all the best to you and, and always fight on. And you. Thank you so much. And that's going to do it for this episode of Talk and Troy. Again, thank you so much to Athletic Director Mike Bone for taking the time to join the podcast today. I'm Nathan Ackerman, an Associate Managing Editor here at the DT, and I was joined by Sports Editor David Ramirez. We know that college sports may not be happening this fall, but rest assured, we, Talk and Troy, will be back. I can't promise I know exactly when that will be, but we will be back eventually. Until then, everybody be safe, be well. We will talk to you next time.